Small gym, but another big win for NC State over UNC and Reynolds. Wait a minute. Is it Groundhog's Day? You are Locked On Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, Wolfpack Nation? It's time to get locked in with Locked On. Thanks for making Locked On Wolfpack your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcast and on YouTube, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers can join today and get $200 back in bonus bets with a first bet of $5 or more that wins. Visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. Happy Friday to all. As always, I'm Grayson Boone, joined by former Wolfpack defensive tackle Kenton Gibbs. NC State women's basketball defeated UNC by a score of 63-59 to in Reynolds Coliseum on Thursday evening. UNC head coach Courtney Banghart now arrives at a dominant record of 0-5 all-time in Reynolds Coliseum against NC State. <laughs> Kenton Sign says, if you're reading this sign, you have at least as many wins in Reynolds Coliseum as Courtney Banghart. As we all know, that is zero. Zero of those things. NC State wins again over UNC. It was a very exciting game, a little bit of a back and forth affair. Both teams got off to a relatively slow start in shooting the basketball. I thought NC State probably kept UNC in the game longer than they should have, but credit to UNC. I thought they fought hard to stay in that game, stay close enough within striking distance. And every time NC State made a run that you thought would potentially bury the Dirty Foot Club, as I believe they got as high up as 10 points in that third quarter, they kept fighting back to make it a game. So this was a neck-and-neck battle all the way down to the end. Ultimately, NC State had enough to win this game. And a great win in doing so. As we mentioned, they're entering a little bit of a schedule gauntlet now. This was a big win to start that off. If NC State is entering a gauntlet of the schedule, then call Westmore and company Thanos because they've got what it takes to get through it fantastically. Because, you know, this game, we talk about what NC State is. We talk about what NC State women's basketball is. It's about the collective effort, right? It's about everybody showing up, everybody doing something. That's the difference between us and the team like the the girls in Baby Blue or the Dirty Foot Club, whichever you prefer. The reality is very simple, even if you look at this game. That third quarter by UNC, spectacular. Do you know why it was spectacular? Because Deja Kelly had success taking the statistical worst shot in basketball, a contested mid-range off the dribble, and she knocked it down. So you live with that, and you say, hey, with that being said, if you look at the rest of the game and you look at what happened here, again, NC State did it by committee and by defense. That is how this team wins ball games. Another game with three or more players than this game it was four in double digits, another game where – Defense carries us down the stretch. Another game where when you look back on the game, the plays that changed this game, you got a Sanaya River uh, jump ball that was in essence a steal 
when it was a hell of a rotation by her um, in a, on a play there. And then you got Isaiah James denying the ball so tough that she had to be fouled in order for the shooter to try to get some positioning. More part to you, Courtney Baker. Please keep telling us how small the gym is because regardless of how small the gym is, the capacity will always be higher than the amount of wins you have there, right? You talk about the defense in this game. I was particularly impressed with Mimi Collins and Saniya Rivers. Mimi Collins, I, I talked about her, I believe, just a couple days ago. I don't think she's getting enough attention for the tear that she is currently on. She's putting up double digits every game, grabbing close to 10 boards every game, and she's playing yep. stellar defense, uh, holding down the paint, because I still don't think that River Baldwin is at 100%. She's doing what she can. Obviously, having her in there still makes a pretty considerable impact. Mimi Collins is doing some big-time backpacking uh, for NC State's front court over these last couple weeks. Another spectacular game. Stop me if you've heard this before. Another really, really good game from Zoe Brooks. She had 10 points and two boards, but the the timing of her 10 points, the impact of some of her buckets yeah. in the game, it really felt like she had like 20 points. Because Absolutely. some of the runs that UNC was going on to keep themselves within striking distance, then you'd have Zoe Brooks run, run back down the floor and hit a killer jumper to keep NC State above sea level here. So spectacular effort from her. Just a big win. Anytime you beat UNC, it is absolutely worth a celebration. It's a ranked win, of course. They're ranked 24. We're still sitting at the five spot. Big win for ACC standings and potential one-seed implications as you get closer to the end of the year. Yeah, like even outside of this being against a dirty foot club, which we all know, there's always that little bit of motivation. I don't care if it was a, a spitting contest. I want to beat them. I don't care... It, what the competition is, all you got to tell me is I'm competing against those scrubs and I turn it up a notch. I turn it up a level. I The intensity ratchets up a bit because I'll be damned if you have if you have me. Not Kenton Dion Gibbs saying I lost to those those folks. OK, and that's just the reality. But with that being said, you also have to look at the conference implications here in terms of. NC State, somebody, both teams walked into this game with two conference losses. NC State made sure that uh, Courtney Banghart and company walked out with their third. This puts NC State squarely into the uh, third spot in the conference right now. But with the week that we got coming up, everybody's talking about, oh, it's a gauntlet, it's a gauntlet, it's so tough, it's so tough, it's so tough. You know what it also is? An opportunity to move on up. You owe Virginia Tech some get back. You owe them some get back. That Louisville game, y'all have been the queens of the conference for a while. 1A, 1B, battling it out for forever and a day. Who's going to take it? But on tonight, we feast on Ram. We feast on Dirty Foot. Tonight, that's what we do. It was a big opportunity and then subsequently a big win for Westmore and company. Up next, we have Fan Friday looking into our top comments of the week after a quick word from our sponsor. Our Friday sponsor is FanDuel. Of course, we still have one more week of Super Bowl anticipation, but there's still plenty of fun still to be had on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch grabbing your favorite football snacks, and then placing some super, super bowl bets. 
FanDuel has so many different ways for you to end the season with a W or two or three, maybe even more. But not only can you bet on who will win Super Bowl 58 between the 49ers and Chiefs, but FanDuel also has bets for anytime touchdown scores, total points and over-unders, and so much more. New customers can join today and get $200 back in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash on. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Middle portion of our Friday show. Now time for Fan Friday. Let's get into it. First one here from Jackson Dad one I know the economics don't work, but moving men's basketball back to Reynolds permanently would at least make sure the venue was full. There was magic in the old barn, and we seem to constantly be in need of magic to hope for a successful season. Now, Kenton, I can't remember if maybe we've discussed this before. I I feel like we probably mentioned it uh, in the past a couple of times. I guess maybe in honor of Groundhog's Day, we'll rehash this. This would be the ultimate dream to move men's basketball back into Reynolds. And on that note, it is never going to happen because of the economics are just way too drastic to pull off a move like that. What I think the team would benefit, you know, of course, environment wise, 1000%. Watching ACC games for the men's team in Reynolds would be another level of electric. Knowing what we know about NC State fans and the way that they show out for the women's team like they just did against UNC, you would curate an environment in Reynolds that would rival Cameron Indoor. I, I truly do believe that because NC State fans are just as crazy as anyone else, but we also have years of pain and passion to throw behind it as well. So, you know, I, I do know, I believe it was a couple of weeks ago, Baylor men's basketball debuted like a smaller type of new arena for their basketball team, and it seems to be wildly successful. I don't know, you know, the prospects of something like this for NC State, maybe going on Centennial Campus. I think that makes a lot of sense. Of course, this is all just fugazi fugazi at this point, but it's easy to talk about this now with the struggles, but I would love to see NC State in a smaller venue. All of this, the first part of this comment, I 100% agree with, right? Like, yes, there is, you know, it would be great to have men's basketball back in Reynolds. The second part of this comment Jokes are only supposed to be funny because they're partially true. (laughs) We seem to constantly be in need of magic to hope for a successful season. Erg, you're not wrong. And as I always say, I'm with you when you're right. Okay. And uh, brother, I got to be with you on this one. You know, it seems like we do need that type of magic. And obviously the numbers don't work, but that's, Honestly, and this is something that I've I've talked about and lamented for a while. The amount of money in sports is kind of ruining sports because of stuff like this. True. Because of stuff like we we can't just say like, hey, actually, it would not be best for us to play here and just kind of move on from there. Because I don't think that PNC, and maybe I'm wrong here, so please tell me because I wasn't around for when PNC was built. I don't think part of the the selling of PNC or part of the bit there was like, hey, we can promise you all NC State men's basketball will play here and fill this joint up. And that's where a lot of your revenue will come from. So, like, well, you know, it's, it's just such an unfortunate situation that we are here. But, you know, it is what it is. And 
We'd all love to see this team go back to Reynolds, just like we'd all love for Courtney Banghart to keep calling the gym small and keep getting ran out of the tiny little hole in the wall gym that she hates so much. Because, of course, you have a good, very bad, not good, terrible day every time you come, you and your pack of dirty foot losers. Next one here comes from Bob Funk. He says, teams have figured out how to defend Burns. That's why he's not as good as last year. His shot selection is also part of the problem. He tends to get lazy when he's well defended. He needs to post up down low. Why does he take those 12 to 15 foot turnaround fadeaways? His shooting percentage drops precipitously at 8 to 10 feet. Use your body, son. Get closer to the basket and use your body to bang your defender towards the basket instead of falling away from the basket. Something we often mention on here, Bob Funk knows ball. And he yeah. been, he's been knowing ball. In yeah. doing so. So, yeah. no, this, this is a very good point. And a lot of the offensive struggles that DJ Burns is working himself through here, I would agree it is rooted in shot selection. And some of these shots were the same shots you saw him take last year, and many of them were falling. It seemed like everything seemed to fall for DJ Burns last year. This year, it's just not happening. And of course, yes, the scouting report has changed. You're seeing a more conscious effort to take DJ out of the game, and it's been working. And so for, for DJ to then counteract that, I do think he needs to work closer to the basket. He, he yeah. has the footwork and the athleticism to still fool guys in, you know, basically in the paint. He doesn't have to start the three-point line and then continue to work all, all the way back down. So I think it could be simple fixes that could go a long way for DJ Burns, and this very well could be one of them. The positioning and how hard you work to get that positioning down low is what's important. And it just there doesn't seem to be much fight or interest in, hey, I'm going to do the work before the ball is in my hands. I'm going to do the work then to get myself in good position when the ball comes to me. But even beyond that, I do agree that in terms of DJ Burns struggles, I would say it's like 60 percent him, 40 percent external factors, because 60 percent. Absolutely. Get in better position, you know. Add some new things to your bag. Go toward the rim, not away. Absolutely. I agree with all those things. But also the spacing is much worse than it was last year. Yeah. The spacing being as poor as it is because we shoot as poorly as we do means that teams don't have to. I've noticed one thing I've noticed this year, those doubles are flying. And I'm not saying that he's doubled at a rate where like, hey, you know, it's not his fault at all. Again, like I said, 60% of this, absolutely on him. 40, there needs to be some type of spacing to give your bigs that room down low. And when you get that room down low, I agree, Bob, establish yourself down low. Post yourself up. And like a tree that's planted by the water, you shall not be moved from that, you know, eight to eight foot and in range. Next one comes from Tint Tally 6638. This is in reference to the Miami win on Tuesday. They say, Burns is confusing, but glad I stayed up for that one. Entertaining game, and the guys seem like they really wanted it. Even if there's no tournament this year, I'm happy to see this kind of ball for the next few weeks. So the reason I threw this in here is I do think it's important that it truly did seem like they came out of the gate and they decided they were not going to lose this game. And that sort of effort, it wasn't there when you played Syracuse. It wasn't there in the first half you played Virginia. 
you know, there were several points when you played Virginia Tech where it also wasn't there. Visibly, you could tell the mindset was different in that Miami game. And so maybe it's a little frustrating that you haven't seen that in every game, but if it takes them getting backed up against the wall to really show out and show that urgency, so be it. But I'm I'm with Tim Tally here in, if nothing else, if the rest of the season does not go the way we want it to, at least you can't say you didn't come out and fight like hell every time on the floor. Yeah, you're going down swinging is always what you want to see. And here's the thing, right? Uh, we've talked about this situation, and the reason we highlighted this comment is not because we're part of the Sunshine Committee. Grayson and I have said vehemently, we have been on the bandwagon of, if we don't make this tournament this year, Keith needs to go. However, this is the type of stuff that I like to see in terms of, hey, the tournament may be out, but I'm still excited to see these guys playing hard. I understand that for a lot of folks, apathy I set in. I do not blame you for it. I'm not saying I'm upset at you for it and that Tent Tally is the only one doing it right. Not saying that at all. I'm just saying I'm excited to see excitement about Wolfpack sports, even during tumultuous times. And last one here from Eric Hoffman. He says, fact, Pack Wrestle will be locked on Friday night against UNC Cheat. Hopefully the ladies take care of basketball business tonight against UNC Cheat. Editor's note, they did. Peyton Wilson is a special generational athlete. Editor's note, he is. And so, Eric, admittedly, Kent and I are not wrestling guys. We, you know, to be honest with you, I don't understand most of the rules. I've only seen clips of it because I know NC State is disgusting at wrestling, which is a very exciting part of this equation. But like Kenton has mentioned before, anytime that we're playing UNC, regardless of sport, regardless of activity, tag me in. I'm now interested in what will be going down on Friday night. But another reason I wanted to include this, maybe you've seen this on Twitter. Maybe you haven't seen this on Twitter. I have to make sure that this makes it onto this podcast. UNC's wrestling coach, Rob Cole, had some comments that filtered out onto Twitter. You have to hear what he said. It is truly unbelievable. Here it is. Can you convert NC State fans into North Carolina fans or vice versa? I mean, it, well, they weren't NC State fans to start with. Most of those people don't go, didn't go to NC State. They just saw great wrestling and they're wrestling. So what, what they've done at NC State is they've taken wrestling fans and made them NC State fans. So those, aren't, those aren't Wolfpack alumni. I mean, some, certainly some are, but we have just as many alumni in the area as they do. So they've made high school wrestling fans Wolfpack fans. And I don't think that those particular fans have a strong loyalty or allegiance necessarily to NC State. They have a strong allegiance to great wrestling. Brother, what are you talking about? NC State does not have bandwagon fans. I know he's talking specifically about wrestling. That statement is true across the board. We did not choose this life of pain. It shows us, okay? No one decides to follow NC State because maybe their friends their friends are doing it. Oh, they, they seem like a cool team to follow. Maybe back in the 80s, they ain't doing it now. I can promise you that. What is this guy talking about, Kenton? Why are all their coaches so soft and delusional? Dude, I, I can't I can't wrap my mind around this. I it's like either they're not tethered to reality or they're they're not really you know, not really tough enough to to have the intestinal fortitude to do what it takes to, I don't know, beat NC State. Shout out to Courtney. Shout out to William over there. You know, shout out to those two. 
Hey, old Willie, you stick around for forever, brother. You don't retire. Don't, don't, uh, what do they say? Don't go gently into the night. Don't you let that light fade, brother. Don't you let that light fade. And now this guy, this very unserious human being, who's already coming in saying, I'm going to convert Wolfpack fans to UNC fans. Do you not understand how this works? <laughs> we hate everything about you. This is not a jealousy thing. Jealousy is love and hate at the same time. And you you are, you pretend like you hate something till you have the opportunity to have it too. And then all of a sudden, you, you convert into that thing you hate. You convert over to that squad. We don't like anything about you. Your programs are soft. Your university makes people apologize for everything. You all are just a bunch of timid deer constantly running around and grandstanding and being the filthy front runners you are because Lord knows when time gets tough, what are you going to do? Oh, oh, it's so hard. Oh, the gym's so small. Oh, they called our players pieces of crap. Oh, it's a kid. They got Walmart fit. You all are soft people running a soft program in a sport that requires a little less contact like basketball. I understand. I'm not calling basketball players soft. I'm just saying it is a fact. Your game is more skill-based, less physical-based than wrestling and football. But in the tough people sports, oh, you, brother, you don't know your fans. You don't know your fan base. You don't know your alumni base. You don't know enough about your university, brother. You really and truly don't. And for that, I say shame on you. And if you do know the history of your university and who you all are with all of the, the prim and properness, the pump and circumstance that you all drag out for everything, then I would say somebody needs to refill your meds to help you kind of get to where you need to be, you know? And that is that on that. So anyways, go pack Russell Friday night in Reynolds Coliseum. NC State's hosting UNC. Another event, doesn't matter what it is, we're trying to take it to them. Go pack Russell. Up next, we're going to round out our Friday episode with our round ball roundup discussing basketball of these next couple days after a quick word from our sponsors. Last couple minutes here on Friday, now getting into our round ball roundup, of course, Men's basketball hosts Georgia Tech in PNC Arena on Saturday. 5.30 tip on the CW, so hopefully we can get a little bump on the CW. As unfortunately, we lost the last time we were on the CW when we played Virginia Tech, so our, our perfect record for Wolfpack Sports playing on the CW network does have one blemish, but that means we just got to get back on track. So welcoming the Georgia Tech Yellow Jackets fresh off of defeating UNC down in Atlanta. Have to imagine they'll be riding a little bit of high off of that one. Poses as a little bit of a hangover threat as they got to go on the road up here to see us. And this is yet another game. NC State absolutely has to find a way to win. I believe this is a Q3 opportunity as it stands now. NC State cannot afford any blemishes here. And especially trying to build momentum off of that win over Miami on Tuesday. Doesn't matter what kind of run Georgia Tech is on, what they've done recently. This game needs to be about NC State. And it's a game that they got to have. Coach Keats and company's ankles need to be sore from standing on so much business after this. That's one. right. Take a page out of Westmore's playbook. This, this, I mean, we've already talked about where this season is and where this team is. But if we want to give more of the stuff that 
Chet Talley was talking about that in terms of, you know, hey, we are enjoying watching just a good product be out there on the court or at least a high effort product be out there on the court. You've got to show up with that. And with all due respect to this Georgia Tech team, they had some really high highs this season. I think if we show up with great effort, great intensity, and we can hit a shot or two. Don't get me wrong, because I, I don't see us winning too many more games where we go over where we're, you know, shooting something that's so bad, it's not even a tour date. Would really like to see a continuation of Casey Morsell's success after Tuesday night. Kind of yeah. kind of got some get back for Casey that's been long overdue. So if he can continue to stay hot, I think Casey Morsell is definitely a guy that if he stays hot offensively, that bleeds out into everyone else. And I think Jaden Taylor kind of fed off of that as well on Tuesday. DJ Horn, you know, not much needs to be said there. He has to stay hot as well. But another game where you got to start fast, stay fast, and then finish fast. Take care of business, and then it'll be on to the next one. There's nothing more to be said there. Take care of business, okay? Doesn't matter if you prefer the the Elvis Presley version or the Aretha Franklin. Take care of business. TCB, that's what you got to do in this one. That'll do it for us here on Friday. As always, thank you all so much for joining us this week. Make sure to hit that like button. Drop your comments in the comment box. Tell us what you thought about the women's victory over UNC on Thursday night. Tell us what you think about the men's chances against Georgia Tech on Saturday. Any other thoughts you got, put them in the box. I'll be sure to get to all of those. And as always, mash that subscribe button if you have not already. Enjoy your weekend. Hopefully another Wolfpack win on the CW. We will see you on Monday, but until then, go back. Go back.